you probably need a breakthrough. And maybe it's because you're at the end of your rope and it's a broken relationship or an addiction or maybe it's a health problem or the health problem of a loved one. But I don't want to assume you're in like the worst season of your life. You might need a breakthrough because you are at the top of your game. And the breakthrough you need is to finally get that job or to get that promotion because you know you'd crush it. It's your purpose. Or it's to finally publish that book that's been inside of you for years or, or to finally just, to just break through in, in the way that, that you know you can, to have the courage to start that business that you've always wanted to start. Easter is why I believe in breakthroughs. So, do you believe in breakthroughs? Or let me ask it this way. Do you need a breakthrough, or are you just hoping for good luck? I mean, are you just crossing your fingers and kind of hoping things go your way? Or do you believe that we still serve a God of breakthroughs? Hey, good morning. My name is Carter McKinnis. I'm lead pastor here at Mountaintop, and I am so honored uh, to share with you today and that you are here. Those of you that are in the room, it's so great to see you on this incredible Easter morning, and wherever you are joining us from online, thank you so much. Uh, it, it's, it's great to be with you and celebrate Easter. The reason I ask this question is this is a legitimate question on Easter Sunday, because Easter Sunday is a little bit of an interesting day in church. Let's be honest, okay? Like it's Super Bowl Sunday for the Christians. Like we're just so excited. We're just Super Bowl Sunday. And, and, and rightfully so. I mean, the resurrection is the starting point for the Christian faith. You can't be a Christian without believing in the resurrection of Jesus. We are are Easter people. So church people, we just want to get up at 5 a.m. on Sunday morning, or the, on Easter Sunday, and be the first to post on Facebook, he is risen. Right? We're just so excited. But there's others of us that are here, and we consider ourselves Christians, but it's, it's been a minute since we've been to church. It's been a minute. But we're considering, we're reconsidering, stepping back into faith, or maybe stepping back into church after a couple of years that's, let, let's face it, a couple of years that broke a lot of habits for all of us. Or, or maybe you're here simply because it's the South and this is what we do. We put on bright colors, we go to Easter service, and, you know, we eat ham. That's just what we do. That's what you do in the South. I even wore a tie. People were like, what is that thing around your neck, Right? But others of us in here, you took a big step out of normal to be here. You're not even sure you even believe all this resurrection stuff. And you certainly don't consider yourself a church person. But you received an invitation, and you're curious about church. And you took a huge step, and you came. 
And I just want you to know we're so grateful that you're here. So because the audience on Easter Sunday is, is full of folks from all different walks of life and more people with questions than usual, sometimes I feel the need on Easter Sunday to address some of the legitimate historical questions about the resurrection of Jesus. But I can't prove anything. This may come as a surprise to you, but I wasn't there. I wasn't. I'm not that old despite the opinions of my children. Right? Come on, parents. My, my kids are like, what was Moses like? Uh, not that old. Not that old. I wasn't there. So I can't, I can't prove anything. But here's something that I believe is true for all of us when it comes to the resurrection. We hope it's true before we believe it's true. We want it to be true. Because we need resurrection power in our lives. We want there to be something rather than fate dictating our destiny, right? After all, do you need a breakthrough? Or are you just crossing your fingers or hoping for good luck? Me, I need the creator of the universe to bring something dead in me to life. And I believe that those supernatural breakthroughs are possible. You don't have to hope that fate or luck or destiny are on your side. Easter proved that God has been on your side all along. Matthew was a disciple of Jesus, and he wrote down his account of Jesus' life and Jesus' death, and he wrote down his account of Jesus' resurrection. Now, the fact that Matthew is a part of Jesus' story is a miracle in and of itself. Matthew was a tax collector. Now, tomorrow is tax day in the United States. Did you know that? How many of you are hoping to get a call from a tax collector tomorrow? Anybody? No. None of us want that call. In our time, that's an unpleasant call, an unwanted call. In their time, it was much worse. I mean, tax collectors, that wasn't just someone who you didn't particularly want to hear from. They were cheats. They were extortionists. They were outcasts. In fact, they, they were the worst of sinners. And yet, Matthew was invited to follow Jesus. So, if you've ever felt like you're the worst of sinners... Just know that if Jesus invited Matthew to follow him, guess what? You're invited to. Matthew is believed to have been killed around 60 A.D. while he was serving as a missionary in Ethiopia. So about 25 or 30 years after the crucifixion, death, and resurrection of Jesus, he was arrested and tried and impaled to the ground with stakes through his body. Now, for some of you that have some questions about the validity of Matthew's account, about the validity of Matthew's story of Jesus' life, death, and resurrection, I just have a question for you. At what point, leading up to your impending execution, would you say, oh, 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 oh guys, it was all a hoax? 
At what point before they stuck a, took a stake and stuck it through your body, pinning you to the ground, would you have said, hey, 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 the book I wrote, the, uh, the whole deal, the missionary work, it's just been a big prank. We were just pulling one over on everybody. Can we put the stakes away, please? But Matthew couldn't do that because it wasn't a story. It was an event that had changed the world. And most importantly, it had changed him. It turned him from outcast to family. It had changed him from sinner to disciple. It had transformed him from tax collector to apostle. Matthew says that uh, they took the, bury, the, the, the crucified dead body of Jesus after the crucifixion and placed him in a tomb cut open into a rock. That was the common way tombs were done in that day. And a huge stone was rolled in front of it to seal it. And Matthew writes that the Roman governor, Pilate, even had his own seal put on it, which was probably like a putty-type material put around the edges. And, and the point is clear. This is meant to be a permanent resting place. And it reminds us something that I don't like thinking about when I, when I start thinking about breakthroughs. It reminds me that you might need a burial for a breakthrough. You don't get Easter Sunday without Good Friday. You don't get a resurrection without a crucifixion. And you might not get the breakthrough that you need without a burial. So if you came today and you're hoping for a breakthrough, needing a breakthrough, yearning and longing for a breakthrough, what is it? Is it a career, a relationship, a dream, a hope, a plan? You might. You might need a burial. For your breakthrough. After all, Jesus did. So this is how Matthew writes his story, his account of the very first Easter Sunday morning. It's found in Matthew 28, the very first verse. It's the last chapter of his book. This is the end of Matthew's story of Jesus. If you don't have a hard copy Bible and you're here in person, then take one at the bookshelves when you leave. We, we want that to be our gift to you. This is the, what Matthew says, Matthew 28. After the Sabbath, at dawn on the very first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to look at the tomb. These are two of the women who had been disciples of Jesus. They, they had been a group of, of followers that that extended beyond what we call the 12 disciples or 12 apostles. They had, they had followed Jesus. They had learned from him. They had listened to him. They'd been faithful to him. But the women had been faithful more than anybody else because the women were the only ones left at the cross. The women were the only ones left there to watch where Jesus was buried. And, and it's interesting. It just says they just went to look at the tomb. This is what we do in grief, isn't it? You've done this. I've done this. You go to the tombstone of a loved one or a friend, and you just go look at the tombstone. It's part of the way we process grief, isn't it? 
And I don't think death is the only time we do that. I think we often go back to the place of hurt and heartache and disappointment and just stare at the boulder between our dead future and us. You just stare at the email. Can't believe what you're reading. You just stare at the divorce papers. You just stare at the text message. You just stare at the test results. You just stare at the letters of resignation, and you just stare at the phone and the call that never seems to come. You just stare. That's what they did. (laughs) They didn't go thinking it's going to be Easter Sunday. They just went to look at the tomb. But the thing I love about these women, the thing I, I love about it, make no mistake, they, this is exactly what they feel, just the way we feel when we stare into our disappointment. Their hopes were dead. Their dream was over. Their future was gone. Jesus was not the king that they'd hoped he'd be. He had not taken over the throne of Israel like they hoped he would. He had not defeated the evil Roman Empire like they thought he would. Their Messiah was dead, maybe. Maybe he wasn't even a Messiah after all. But what I love about them is that these women keep coming back. They just stay faithful. You know, they, there's a wall between them and their future. There's, there's something that they want to break through, and they just keep, take another hit at it. They just keep showing up. They just decide to be faithful. They just decide to just say, I'm going to keep taking a faithful step with Jesus. That's what I love about them. Staying faithful often doesn't feel like you're on the verge of breakthrough. Staying faithful often feels like you're going to look at a rock with something dead behind it. It doesn't feel like sometimes you just are trying to stay faithful and you're just going up to a rock and you barely made a dent. And it feels like you're just doing nothing. Sometimes staying faithful feels like you're walking up into impossible. You're just going to Paul. So let me ask you something. What would it look like for you to stay faithful in the face of impossible? What would it look like for you to just walk up one more time to that barrier and just keep hammering away? What would it look like for you to stay faithful in the face of impossible? You have no idea what God is doing on the other side of the rock if you would just keep showing up. So the next verse, listen to what Matthew writes. There was a violent earthquake. For an angel of the Lord came down from heaven and going to the tomb, rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning and his clothes were white as snow. The guards were so afraid of him that they shook and became like dead men. If it takes an earthquake, God will send an earthquake. If it takes an angel, God will send an angel. But I just want you to know God is not intimidated by the impossible in your life. 
God is not intimidated by what you think can't have a breakthrough. He's not intimidated by it. He'll send whatever he needs to send to break through it. And then the angel said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. Ladies, I know that you have come looking for the crucified Jesus, but I have some news. He is not here. He has risen. Just as he said, just as he predicted time and time again, he told everybody he was going to do this and nobody believed it, but it's happened just as he said, come and see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples, he has risen from the dead and is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him. Now I have told you. It's the announcement that changed the course of human history. The breakthrough of all breakthroughs. The moment that made anything possible. It defeated death and sin and gave us the promise of eternal life. It's the event that birthed the church and on which Christianity hangs. It kept God's promise that Jesus would reign forever. Matthew bet his life on it and you can too. It's the truth that gives us victory over sin and the graves ourself and cuts the line between heaven and hell. It launched a cosmic revival that said grace is free for everyone and your salvation has been bought and paid for. The resurrection is everything. It's everything. And the universe turned upside down and new life was available for everyone. It broke through for everyone when the angel said for the very first time, the first ears that here heard it, he is risen. Come on. He's risen. Well, expect, except for one small detail. The women had not actually seen Jesus, right? They'd seen an empty tomb. A million explanations for that. And they'd seen an angel that looked like lightning, but it could have totally been CGI. Come on. Right? You've seen the Spider-Man with the drones. They can do anything these days. I mean, they could, someone could have fabricated this. They, they were under a lot of stress. They were in grief. And you know, when you are in grief and stress, you see a lot of things, right? And here's, here's what I love about these women. After being told the most outlandish thing in human history, the most outlandish news in human history, guess what they do? They just stay faithful. They just take another shot. Listen to what Matthew writes. So the women hurried away from the tomb, afraid yet filled with joy. And this is it. You remember what they were told to do? To go to the disciples? And they ran to tell his disciples. They just obey. They just do what they're told. They believe before they see. They trust before they understand. They just take one step 
put one foot in front of the other even though it doesn't make much sense, even though it's, it's, it's crazy sounding. And then it happens. Breakthrough. Suddenly, Jesus met them. Suddenly, Jesus met them. Greetings, he said, and that's all he had to get out of his mouth. They're like, that's enough. And they came to him and clasped his feet, and they worshiped him. And it's the moment that we all want, right? Like just to see the living God. If Jesus would just show up in my life, I'd bow down and worship him. If Jesus would show up in my marriage, show up in my family, then I'd worship him. If Jesus would show up in my finances, if he'd show up in my work, then then I'd give everything to him. If Jesus would show up in my addictions and the habits that I can't seem to break, then I'd give him everything. If, If Jesus would just show up in my life, I'd bow down, I'd worship him, I'd give my very life to him if Jesus would just show up we'd be just I'd be just like those women except that experience for the women didn't happen in a vacuum did it it happened after they kept showing up without seeing Jesus It happened after sticking around when their dream was dying and watching their future buried behind a stone and getting up one more morning to take one more faithful step that seemed pretty pointless and pretty useless. They went to go look at a rock. They just went to take one more swing at what something that wouldn't seem like it would break. We won't break through to be like a lightning bolt, don't we? We want to wake up at 3 a.m. and have a vision from God. That's what we all want, this experience with God. And maybe that'll happen for you. Sometimes God still does that. But I think for most of us, Our experience is much more like these women. Our experience is that we see Jesus and we find Jesus in our life and we see the living God show up in our lives after we just keep staying faithful. And I want you to get breakthrough. I want you to have that moment where things, where the light flips on and and the light breaks through. But I just want to tell you that breakthrough might be on the other side of your next faithful steps. Breakthrough for you might not be a lightning bolt and might not be a vision at 3 a.m. Breakthrough might be on the other side of your next faithful steps. Every Easter, every Easter, I so want to inspire people to experience the risen Jesus. I can't tell you how much, that's, as, I, as I prepare messages, I so want to, to usher us in to the presence of the living God. I want people to have this existential experience where they know that they have been with and seen Jesus. But I'm not that good of a preacher and we don't have enough smoking lights. I cannot usher anyone into the presence of the living God. I don't think that's how it works anyway. I think what happens is that we just keep taking faithful steps like these women and that we often find Jesus after 
on the other side of faithful steps, and we do the opposite, don't we? Man, if I just have the experience, Lord, I want to feel something. What do you think the women felt getting up on that Sunday morning to go look at a rock? We want to feel. Sometimes our breakthrough is on the other side of our next faithful step. So at, at the risk of sounding way overly practical on a Sunday morning to celebrate Easter, I want to offer you three faithful steps. And when you came in this morning, you, you got this handout, and if you didn't get one, when you leave, I, I hope you'll grab one. And the first one is, I just want to invite you to make worship a priority in your life. I want to invite you to make worship a priority, that you would just say that I'm going to make a commitment to worship. That is a faithful step. We've got a series beginning next Sunday called Champion. It's a six-week series that talks about what it means that Jesus defeated death and why the resurrection matters for us. So if you want to dig in more to what it means that Jesus actually did this, and I want to invite you to come five of the next six Sundays. You probably have a graduation or a, a Memorial Day outing planned, like, so we're going to give you a gimme. <laughs> right, you get a gimme. I just want to invite you to come five of the next six Sundays and just see what happens. And listen, and I mean this, I so mean this wholeheartedly. If you're brand new here today and you've already decided you don't like Mountaintop, then find a church you like and go there five of the six Sundays. Because there are plenty of Bible-believing churches in Birmingham. Plenty. A faithful step is saying, I'm going to make a priority out of worship. The second one is just, would you just, I want to invite you to become a part of a group. You know, it's nice to come to church and sit in rows and have me talk to you, but something different happens when we sit in circles and talk to one another. And so I, we've got several groups starting. Some Sunday morning groups are super easy. Uh, you don't even have to get, have, take an extra night of the week. We've got some Wednesday night groups. And listen, some of you are like, well, I don't know. The last time I tried a group, I didn't get anything out of it, or I'm in a group now, and I'm not sure how much I'm growing. That probably means it's time for you to start a group. And there's plenty of people here that would love to be a part of a brand new group, so start one. Join a group. And the last one is I want to invite you to serve. On the back of that handout you got, there are multiple opportunities to serve in the next month inside the walls of the church and outside the walls of the church. As long as your faith is self-centered, it will always be self-limiting. And we look like our Savior when we serve because Jesus came to serve and to give his life away. So I just want to invite you to do that. Your breakthrough might not be sitting in these seats or standing here worshiping in song. Your breakthrough might come while you're serving kids, serving coffee, and serving others. I, I believe this so much with all my heart. Because Jesus broke through the tomb, he can break through anything in your life. Jesus wants to show up in your world and resurrection to happen for you and in you. He wants that so much. But breakthrough might happen on the other side of your next faithful steps. If you would just keep showing up. If you would just keep hammering away and keep at it. Because here what, here's what you know. When you feel like you're barely making a dent or barely making a difference and you're just showing up to look at a rock, you have no idea what's happening on the other side of the rock. And you have no idea when you're going to show up one day and the stone is going to be rolled away. 
But if you won't show up to go look at a rock and feel like you're doing nothing, you won't be there when it happens. There was one more thing Jesus said to the women. Because remember the story? Right now he's only said one thing, right? One word. Greetings. That was it. They're like, you had me at hello. (laughs) He has one more thing for them. It's about his disciples. They had deserted him, betrayed him. One of them even denied that he'd even ever met him, that he even knew him. Boy, they had been on the other spectrum than the women. The women stuck around at the cross. They (laughs) turned and ran. The women watched Jesus put in the tomb, and they were nowhere to be found. What do you think think he's going to tell the women about his disciples? Hey, tell, tell the guys, big mistake, boys, big mistake. Listen to what he says. Then Jesus said to them, don't be afraid. Go and tell my brothers. Not my betrayers, my deniers, not my deserters. Go tell my brothers to go to Galilee, and there they will see me. Lord, do you know, (laughs) kind of like how the last couple days have gone with those guys? They deserted you. Um, They betrayed you. Lord, like one of them, he denied he even knew you. Yeah, 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 I know. I don't care. Just tell them to come. Should we tell them to um, read a scripture before they come or to pray or do something holy? No, they don't. They don't have to do anything. I took care of it. But just tell them I want them to come. You know, maybe you identify a little more with the disciples than the women. Because maybe you have deserted Jesus. Your parents or your grandparents raised you in church, but you've kind of left that. Maybe you've denied Jesus. Maybe you've even betrayed Jesus and his word. Let's let's just call it like it is. You've, You've sinned. But listen, listen to me. The message for you is the same as it was for those disciples. The resurrected Jesus doesn't care what you did before Easter Sunday. He just wants you to come meet him. He just wants you to come. Your breakthrough will probably happen when all seems lost and God feels like he's dead 
and you have made a huge mistake and you battle through shame and you battle through guilt and you just show up anyway. You just show up to church even though you woke up that Sunday morning and you didn't feel very churchy. You just show up to serve even though it's the last thing you want to do is serve a bunch of three-year-olds, but you just show up and do it. You just show up to small group even though you don't even like all the people in your small group. You just show up. You show up and you crack open that dusty Bible that your grandparents gave you and you read it and it doesn't even make sense and you don't always understand what it's saying, but you just show up anyway and you just show up and pray and you get down on your knees and you don't feel like praying, you feel like yelling at God. So you just yell to God in Jesus' name, but you do it anyway. Your breakthrough might be on the other side of your next faithful steps. It will probably not be a lightning bolt. It will probably not be a vision at 3 a.m. It will most likely be on the other side of the time that you just show up anyway. So what I'm asking you this Easter is just to commit to show up for Jesus and just see what the living God does with your next faithful steps. He doesn't care. He doesn't care how you have deserted him or denied him or betrayed him before today. You're forgiven. The cross and the resurrection has taken care of it. He just wants you to do one thing. He just wants you to come meet him. Let me pray for us. Heavenly Father, thank you for the invitation to come meet you. Lord, we come here with a lot of different, um, a lot of different backgrounds. And Lord, sometimes we feel, we wonder if it's even making a dent, making a difference, and if we just feel like we, we're at the end of our rope. And Lord, my prayer is that you would just, you would just spur us on to just keep taking another faithful step. Lord, would we hear the wooing of your spirit this morning that just says, come meet me. Would you just come show up? It doesn't matter what you've done. I pray for those brothers and sisters in this room that feel like, that feel like they've, they've gone too far. They've, they've taken a a turn, Lord, they've betrayed you, denied you, deserted you, and I would just pray that they would feel the freedom of grace and forgiveness and the invitation that you call, just come meet me. Lord, I pray for those of us who wonder, could we turn over a new leaf, Lord, I pray that new life would become real this morning and that we'd say we're gonna do it. Those three steps, we're gonna do it and just see what the living God does. In Jesus' name.